you are the cream of the college crop. This little summer league is one step away from getting paid to play baseball. You're as good as any of those guys out there. Dude, what are you doing? For these ball players, take your time around the corner. Getting to the majors. It's my house, mom. Is she married? Takes courage. Come on. She's over 40. She's old enough to be my mom. I'm real good with ball players. <laughs> it takes commitment. I like a big girl. A large, <laughs> voluptuous, full figure, massive honey. Yes! Anybody got a problem with that? Okay. And sometimes, the best catch in town is right in front of you. So you mow her lawn? Let me introduce you to a good friend of mine. This is Ryan Dune. Welcome back into another edition of the Bad Movies Worst Opinions Podcast, where we believe that everybody has a favorite bad movie. The only rule is that we must watch a movie below a 6.0 on IMDb. Do us a favor, like, review, subscribe, share this with a friend as we keep watching some of your favorite bad movies. we got another baseball movie on the board. This is probably the last one we'll do for the year. We are very happy to welcome back Josh Vernier onto the pod. Our Major League Two is one of our more popular podcasts, man. So happy to have you back. That is the best sub-six movie that there is. Is it better Uh, than this one? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So the movie we are watching today is Summer Catch. Summer Catch has a 5.1 rating on IMDb out of 16,000 votes. The release date, August 24th, 2001. This is currently not streaming anywhere. I actually paid the $2.99 for this movie. I just went ahead on Amazon. I just went ahead and paid it, Rob. I'll tell you guys this real quick, Rob. If it wasn't for Xfinity sending me a $5.99 free <laughs> rental, I don't know if I would have showed up today. <laughs> this was this was Firestick Records in my home. This was, oh, this, I was I was not I was not gonna pay the $2.99 to watch this thing. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I just went ahead and did it because sometimes with Firestick Records you got to do a lot of work and ads. I'm like, you know what? Let me just spend the $2.99. Let me just go ahead and get this out. The budget for this now the budget on Wikipedia is a little confusing. The budget is between seventeen and thirty-four million. That's a pretty drastically different budget between the two. <laughs> it's either this or double this. <laughs> yeah, we don't know what it is. Uh, the box office only made nineteen point seven million dollars. People were not in love with Summer Catch. <laughs> this was a this was not a very popular movie. The IMDb description: A rich girl whose family's summer vacations in Cape Cod has a romance with a local poor boy who hopes to become a major league pitcher. <laughs> That's who we're calling Freddie Prince Jr. A local poor boy. The top five box office: Verb Peak early two thousands. American Pie 2, Rush mm. Hour 2, mm. Silent J and Bob Strikes Back, The Others, Rat Race, Summer Catch finished 6th in its opening weekend. I probably should have let you know that uh, people were not checking. This was Freddie Prince Jr. at his height and Jessica Biel and Matthew Lillard. We couldn't get anybody to go to the movie theater. This whole movie screamed 2001. As a kid that graduated <laughs> in 01, boy, I, I saw a lot of people that I know in this movie. By the way, my first fun fact, you're missing Jalen, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard, 
also in that movie. This is the third movie they were in together. They did Scooby-Doo together because Matthew Lillard's Shaggy. They did Jaden Bob, Silent Bob's Right Back, and they also did Summer Catch. So those two know each other very well from film. She's all that, too. Both of them are in that movie. All I see is Shaggy when I see that dude. He's just Shaggy in everything he does. The cast, Freddie Prince Jr., he is Ryan Dunn. Jessica Biel is Tinley Parrish. What a name. This has Tinley has to be named after somebody. Like This is the girl you went to school with. You didn't just randomly create Tinley Parrish. Fred Ward is Sean Dunn. That's the father. Matthew Lillard. He is Billy Brew Baker. That's probably the main characters. Brittany Murphy. She has two appearances in here just to be the loose woman. That's mm-hmm. really her entire. She purpose plays the me. role well. R.I.P. But she played the role well. I'm gonna say oh, I have in my great. notes. Brittany Murphy was very good as town whore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, let's start with this. I actually like this movie. Vern, I can tell by the way you're shaking your head you don't like this movie. Rob knows there aren't many times that I say, hey, I want to do this movie. I want to do Summer Catch. Why? <laughs> why, why, why? Why is it? Because the, now the, there were good actors in it. So many recognizable faces in it. Uh, but the plot, for as predictable as it was, for as much as you knew what the next line was going to be, that next line was normally poorly delivered. I just like 2000 teen movies, and I think it has a really good cast. I think there are some really good emotional scenes. I think the biggest problem with this movie, and Rob and I talk about it on this podcast all the time, there's nine storylines that are going on. If you just could have chopped it down to five, I really think you could have honed in on something special. See, I thought they did the best they could to edit it down and they almost edited too much out because you would, the way that they force fed you quickly, the, uh, hey, by the way, Freddie Prince's dad's not a nice guy. The interaction mm-hmm. between him and his brother at the bar where it's, you think dad would be proud of this? Oh, like he's got, you know, any leg to stand. The way that they would just force feed the, 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 the backstory so quickly to me was uh, uh, not very good. I didn't hate this movie. I don't want to say I liked it. I didn't hate it. I just felt like it didn't know what it was trying to do. Like, you mentioned too many storylines. On top of that, there were moments where it was like a rom-com. There were some funny, lighthearted moments. It was comedic. It was baseball in the backdrop, but it's a rom-com. There were also moments where they were like hardcore acting, and it was like really serious scenes. We don't need one scene where we'll allude to it probably in the future when they're in the pool and like, you know, I like you, you like me, da-da-da, and they run away, and da-da-da-da. That scene, it's like cute rom-com, but it's also the scene where he's screaming at his brother behind the bar, if you had to, no, you don't have, we don't need both serious and rom-com. Pick a lane, do that. I thought the only con that they really needed was to let Matthew Lillard go. I think they tried to infuse comedy in other places, and I just don't know if it necessarily works. Anyway, right, we'll get through it over the course of it. I did actually enjoy this movie. So we meet Freddie Prince Jr., a.k.a. Ryan Dunn, and he is telling us about his hometown of Chatham and the team he will be playing for this summer, the Chatham A's in the Cape Cod Summer League, and his dreams of making it to the show. Just being invited to play in the Cape Cod Baseball League means that you are the cream of the college crop. It's an honor just to be asked. I hope you all take pride in that. She took my clothes. This is not happening. You are now the Chatham A's, gentlemen. 
means you are. Brian Dunn, I'm sorry. I, I was here. I, I was there. Knock it off. But night one before his big day, Brittany Murphy with her voluptuous bosom and cheap beer seduce our man into a late night romp on the ball field. I should have known that this movie was going to be up to shenanigans in the first five minutes. He's trying to get ready for his big day. Him and Brittany Murphy are, are snuggled up on the bullpen. Next thing you know, his balls is out. <laughs> so the next thing we knew, his balls was hanging out. They took this, by the way. They call it back later. They took the, hey, the guy who sleeps with Brittany Murphy wears the thong thing way too seriously. Like, it was a funny little bit when he runs in the locker room after this scene. Like, you know, eight means eight, and okay, that's enough of that. But they made that a reoccurring bit. It's not funny enough to be a reoccurring bit. I don't know if we needed Brew to have that storyline. Yeah, story that's the thing. Too. We don't need it two ways. Like, I liked it in the beginning, Me and too. then when she confronts him at the bar with it, and it's an uncomfortable scene with he's clearly trying to get on Jessica Biel, but Brittany Murphy's like, yo, give me my underwears back. <laughs> I think that part's funny. I don't know if we needed that was a way to unlock Brew's special abilities. And what's with the quasi-golden shower beer pour <laughs> in the mouth? Yeah. Did that freak anyone else out? And then she went back to it? How about I just drink the beer mm-hmm. by myself? Well, Thanks. The, the scene starts with like you know, it's like a p like a point of view of like it's splashing his face like what's happening right you're like what i don't know and like zooms out and you're like oh, i got you it's beer i'm like that's even weirder like wh- who would drink beer that way have you, you guys ever done that before? never no. okay i didn't know i didn't know if this Especially was a two america's bu- thing no no on the bullpen mound no less hey let, let's stand on this most uncomfortable spot in the entire yard the one area where it's sand and terrible to sleep on let's- not only did they <laughs> sleep on the mound with their head resting on the rubber <laughs> but he was so comfortable that the beer Beating sun didn't wake him up. He didn't wake up till like 11 a.m. on the mound. That doesn't make sense. And then it's not only that, like you're sleeping in an uncomfortable place. And then when she gets up and it's true, you're just sleeping so soundly. Like you didn't, you didn't feel any changes to your environment. No, I mean, she put it on my man. Something serious the night before. Yeah. She, she slinks away and he's like, I'm just going to keep sleeping right here in the hot summer sun on the mound. No issue, no flaw in ladies underwear. No less. Nothing's going to keep him from his beauty rest. Well, And, and it was just beers that they were drinking. He's acting as if he's hung over as if she was golden, golden showering tequila in his mouth. I saw you drink two beers and you're sleeping till 11 in the burning hot sun. He had two Michelob Ultras. <laughs> so, of course, he's late to the first team meeting and he's wearing Brittany Murphy's undergarments. What a first impression. The coach tells him strike two and he is in danger of blowing his big shot. I'm going to go ahead and claim Brian Dennehy as my when a hero comes along. Every time Brian Dennehy was on the screen, I thought he took command of it. And he's the best actor in this movie, and it's not even close. I thought he was phenomenal. Every time I see Brian Dennehy, I see a Bob Knight in a, in a season on the brink on ESPN. You see that? I keep seeing Tommy's boy the entire time. Mm. I can't I can't unsee it. Now, you're right. He's the best actor. He does a really good job. And he plays like the stern guiding light manager of the Cape Cod League perfectly. I think Brian Denny's fantastic. But all I see is Tommy boy every single time. That's big Tom Callahan. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. Although he, he does take the role as skipper of this draft combine mm-hmm. a touch too seriously. I mean, RIP to the great... Big Tom Callahan, but he 
he he tries a little bit too hard throughout the movie to have his Ben Affleck goodwill hunting speech. By the way, I'm happy you mentioned Ben Affleck. Another fun fact. Here we go. The studio approached both Ben Affleck and Matt Damon to star in this movie initially. They both turned it down. <laughs> I can't believe they would turn down Summer Catch. How disrespectful. Is this peak Jessica Biel? Because she looks has her talent. Looks. Come on now. Oh, okay. Ta- yeah, yeah, t- yeah, talent, yeah, it's yeah. probably, what, the killing of the, the show that she did the on... The Sinner. Uh, yeah, okay. The, the Sinner. sinner. Yeah. That's good. Good. yeah. The Sinner's really good. Is this peak Jessica Biel looks? Because I'm looking, that scene where we see her initially and she gets out of the pool and he is distracted and he runs into the bird feeder, she looks incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This might not be the best way to answer that question, but I believe this is the youngest, right? Uh, Of of a, you know, she's pretty young in this. So, yeah, yeah, this is the best Jessica (laughs) Biel. It's either this or I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, where she basically just serves as a hot girl prop in that movie also a bad movie you'll probably make this podcast at some point but i actually like chuck and larry of course you do but yeah that's those are probably the peak looks times we meet jessica beale aka tinley Parrish, who looks incredible by the way as our favorite pitcher is mowing her lawn he's distracted by her soon we hit the local pub to meet the rest of the guys and where his brother is the bartender but there's some tension in the air between the star player and our guy what was the purpose of this storyline? Sum 41. Isn't that who that guy was, the lead singer of Sum 41? He That's looked just who that like is? him. I don't think it is, but he looked just like him. The whole group, that, that whole group of, of ball players that were giving Freddie a tough time, they, they just looked like a 2001 poppy punk band. I just so they annoyed me right out of the gate. I just <laughs> don't understand what the real purpose of this storyline was. Like he's got and are you a veteran of the Cape Cod League? That's not a good thing. If you keep <laughs> coming back, you should probably go get a real job. Mm-hmm. But he also said that he had $2 million coming from the Dodgers. He was going to play one more time so he could try to have them throw in an extra half mil. It seems like the risk versus reward. I could maybe get hurt during this Cape Cod League. I should maybe just take the $2 mil guarantee. The baseball guy in me was all in on this movie right out of the gate when they acknowledged the Cape. I'm like, okay, this is a real thing that, that, that real college ball players go to. But then as it went on and they acted like there are big wigs playing in the Cape, no, you're, you're trying to get off. You're trying to get out. You're trying to get drafted. So, yeah, some 41. I didn't understand that whole story. It is not some 41, guys. Look at his IMDb page. <laughs> Good. He's, I'm happy to know he's that. He's just not in anything that you would have I'm ever not known. surprised that he's not in anything else. Yeah, he just, he's like small-time billing, and he's just not that into you. And he also is in a, another baseball movie, Pitcher and the Pinup. Which I've, never, I, I've never heard of that before. No one's ever heard of it. sounds else. like him and Brittany Murphy did them. They, 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 they did a <laughs> spinoff together. Vert, I actually would like this storyline a little bit more. If the antagonist had been an opposing player, you know, like the way in Major League that, you know, you're going up against this guy and it's the mental mind game of this guy. But why would your biggest rival be a guy that's on your team? Like every time he's trying to put you down, we never really find out if there's some back history of store. Maybe they went against each other in college or they were at the same school together. It was just very odd to pick a teammate as the antagonist, especially when. It's it's Freddie Prince Jr. That's that's the loser in this scenario. You know, we see Freddie Prince Jr. already a very handsome young man, and then he's you know rolling around with no shirt on. The guy doesn't have any body fat on him, and we're supposed to think that this guy is the runt of the cape. This is oh the the guy that is overlooked by the girls. Yeah, I I, 
I don't understand why some 41 took such umbrage with him. I agree with you. I wish he wasn't a teammate, but it also, for some reason, opened up a scenario they never really finish where Freddie Prince Jr. apparently got into a fight with his teammate at either Boston College or at the Juco he was at. Like, they referenced that later. Remember you fought that teammate of yours? Like, they're trying to set this backstory of, oh, he has problems with his teammates, but... They don't really do a good job of it because this dude's such a douche that you never yeah. think, oh, Freddie Prince in the wrong to hate him. So, yeah. He had two beers at the beginning, and we're supposed to believe that he belongs in the penitentiary. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just it's crazy. So, Brittany Murphy asked for her drawers back, but Ryan can't return them because he's still wearing them. Well, look who it is, my favorite lawn boy. Didn't get that job on the vineyard. But I still want my underwears back. Where is my orange thong? Where on earth could my orange thong possibly be? Oh, you seem to be disarmingly uncomfortable right now, so why don't you just give me my underwears back? I can't. Why not? Hmm? I'm still wearing them. Spit <laughs> 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 on me, get out. Wait, hold on. He lives in Chatham. He is not a visitor here. This is where his home is. All right, I understand maybe at 8 a.m. you didn't have on the proper undies and you had to go to practice. At no point did you tell the boys, hey, let me swing by the crib real quick. Let me change into, let me take a quick little shower. Let me do some. Why? This is nighttime. You've been wearing this these thong panty draws for 14 hours today? Come on, Freddie P. This is some sick work from you. Absolutely sick work. He would have mowed the lawn at this point, too, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, throw those away. He was sitting on the right. You don't want those door. back, Brett. Burn them. <laughs> Do you guys think Brittany Murphy's cock blocking here? Yes. I oh, thought th- that's the intention, I thought. At the time I watched this movie, I thought that was the intention. In hindsight, I didn't know that she's just loose woman who's messing with him. Like, but in Apparently the moment. being held out by her brother, too. We yeah. We'll get to that a little bit later on. 100% to protect a. USC ball players from slumping, but that's not here nor there. I thought when I first watched the movie in this moment, oh, there's gonna be like a love triangle and she's trying to cock block, but turns out she's just trying to mess with him. I, it made no sense to me. I will give this. Tinley didn't seem to care. Like, but she came up there just saying, eh, you know, I'm just gonna speed past that. I'm gonna speed past the fact that this girl that you just slept with yesterday <laughs> came up to our town. This wasn't like a fling from two, three months ago that you could explain away. No. Earlier this morning, I woke up next to this woman. You know what? I still want to talk to you, though. Tinley might be the hungriest of all the characters in this movie. As far as hungry for Freddy, hungry for the opposite sex, hungrier than the old lady that's trying to get with Fez endlessly. (laughs) Tinley chases after Freddy Prince Jr. to his truck after finding out that he's wearing the drawers of of the bartender. (laughs) Oh, my God. She drives me nuts in this movie. By the way, real quick, you mentioned Wilder Valmarama. Talk about a storyline that served absolutely no purpose. No. Like, zero zip zilch nada. One of the fun facts is this is his debut of a f- in a film as opposed to television. I don't know that they needed him at all other than just, hey, some of the old ladies that house the players are horny. Who cares? Like, whatever. Is that the mom for vacation? Yes. Okay. I was that, making Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah, she makes the... It's the can- they, kept, they kept, like, not showing her face, so I'm like, it must be you know, someone of note, and they eventually showed her a forward in the film. And I'm like, that's the cameo we kept hinting at. Is she really still famous in 2001? Like, I don't know now that we're seeing it. So American pie two is in the theaters. They clearly tried to copy the whole stiff mm-hmm. mom thing. Like we're just going to throw it in there. 
But like the Stifler's mom thing paid off in the end of it. Like you were invested with Fitch. You were like, Fitch, I kind of want you to sleep with Stifler's mom. You didn't care if he did this with uh with 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 the homegirl's mom yeah and they kept they make it like a big thing at the end that it happens not spoiler alert i guess but it's like who cares like they go back to the bar and they're like yeah woohoo who ca-? they're in college yeah <laughs> yeah i uh i would have done it though would you have done it Vern? if you were the ball player yeah of course i mean yeah. i might have done it night one what are we talking <laughs> right. about it's, it's i ain't doing that we ain't doing that sure yeah why not especially go to when, bed anyway. especially when his teammate comes in there and tells you that his fire like his teammate yeah. couldn't wait to come in there honestly i wouldn't i mean if my teammate came in and was like dude it was amazing now i'd be like okay well now that's weird like the weird person i'm staying with now but like at first i'd be like okay why not do we think Wilder Valderrama, maybe after he went for the audition for that 70s show, called his agents like, hey, man, why why you keep giving me these roles where I play the weird virgin? Okay, there, it was one thing when it was my debut, and, you know, I'm just trying to get a job, trying to get in front of the camera. It makes sense for summer catch. But can you not limit me to being the weird virgin in every single movie? So we go on a double date ice cream session. And we get some alone time with Ryan and Tinley. Tinley has the typical small town girl story. Her dad and her aren't on the same page about her future. Why is this every movie? My dad wants me to do this, but I really want to do this. Every single movie, this is what we get. This her, mo- dad, her dad's the perfect character. Yeah, he's he, really good. He is the perfect for that role the, in everything ri- that he plays. The rich guy who hates the poor guy. Yeah. He's very, very, who's trying to steer his daughter's life. He does a very, he actually, Outside of Brian Denny, he might get my When a Hero Rises. He plays the douchey, rich, cod dude dad perfectly. I thought this movie really needed Matthew Lillard. I thought this movie needed him. I thought he was a... You needed kind of the straight man. That with Shaggy? Freddy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you All needed right. him. The thing I actually wanted a little bit, where I'm talking about kind of cutting some of the storylines, I wish we had gone more into his struggles in the summer. Like, I think that's a real storyline. Hey, I'm here. I'm trying to get my shot. There's all these pro scouts. I am... I am struggling with uh, wood bats. That storyline was a good little part of it. He then sleeps with Brittany Murphy, and then he becomes Tony Gwynn. Like, I wish we had just done a little bit more about and his breaks backstory. out of it on a swinging bunt that was going foul <laughs> if the third baseman would have just let it roll. Also, I mean, I get all that, da da da, da but the I'm going to quit scene, the whole I quit, I'm leaving, I've already told the you know, cape mom, I'm leaving. And he's like, you can stay with me. Is this supposed to be some big, cool, now they're friends moment? Because, like, it just didn't hit with me. Hey. What's all this? I'm out of here. Yo. You know, you can turn this thing around. It's a long summer. You know, striking out in front of pro scouts all summer is not exactly what I had in mind. Besides, I already told my house parents that I quit. I'm going home. Let him quit. Who cares? Walk away. It's not like you guys are competing for the same role. He's just a generic catcher you met two weeks ago. Who cares? Shaggy also in this movie, to me, it it perfectly showcases where we were as a country in 2001, where it was still okay to give a guy a hard time for liking thick women. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like that. Oh, you watch and you're like, wait, what year is this from? Because. Okay, J-Lo, Beyonce, they were just starting to introduce white people. Yeah, I don't really think we needed that storyline. Like, I I think they were trying to go for that. And maybe I would have laughed at this in 2001. Like, I don't make it seem like back then I wouldn't have found this funny. But today it's just like, yeah, I don't really think this is that funny. And then when they showed her, it was like, 
I probably would have slept with that girl too. What are we talking about? <laughs> we get the payoff at the end where he's like, My name is so and so and I like thick women. What do you who cares? Like his buddy ball player should have been like, sit down. You're yeah. embarrassing yourself. Who cares? Who, Ain't who, no fun unless the homies can get something. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, multiple of his teammates would have been behind his back sleeping with that same girl. <laughs> right. Come on now. We know how we know how right. this goes. It's opening day and Eric Van Lemer, the pitcher, is on the mound. Vern, who did Eric Van Lemer remind you of when you watched him? Because that first star, he was special. He wants to be Cole Hamels. He doesn't have the finish, though. <laughs> so our guy, now i got to call him Shaggy. I said Matthew Lillard. You didn't I know. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> so Matthew Lillard, Shaggy. He <laughs> Shaggy is struggling at the plate with the wood bats. 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. Ryan thinks that he's going in, but no, he's passing around the hat. Kurt Gowdy has an amazing voice. Just incredible. I mean, Kurt Gowdy is one of the greatest broadcasters of all time, and they got him in an open-air press box like he's doing play-by-play for the 15 people that are here. Kurt Gowdy, in this movie, is going down before games to talk with the manager... To talk yeah, with did. the opposing players he to get does. the backstory for this radio game that he's calling. Kurt Gowdy's one of the ten greatest broadcasters of all time putting in work in the cape. Because <laughs> <laughs> he does in the broadcast. I was talking to the opposing team earlier, and you're like, why are you putting Hold so on. much work? How much are you paying Kurt Gowdy? Good, good lord. Can you guys tell me how much do you think Kurt Gowdy got for doing this movie, or why you even think he... I mean, maybe he grew up in the area. Like, why would Kurt Gowdy there's sign another, up? There's another one that we'll probably get to later on. Another cameo. You're like, <laughs> you're like holy cow. At least that one, it's like, Lily, he just sits down. You're like, that, is that <laughs> is that who I think it is? Kurt Gowdy has like a role in this movie. Like, he's like the narrator. 10K? 10K, it's one day of work. Would $10,000 do it if you're... I think Kurt Gowdy had more than one day of work, though. He has a couple. He he has more than one day work. Now the he, other he's cameo, a broadcaster though, he could knock it out in one day. That's true. Now a lot of this probably vo work too because you don't see him. He's just all right. I was talking to the opposing manager earlier. Like he can just you can do that. Put him in a booth and do that. So maybe that is 10k. Just go knock it out. Be done. Yeah, I just want to know why Kurt Gowdy signed up to do a 2001 teen movie with Freddie Prince Jr. Like I didn't even want to know the conversation that happened. With this movie. So we are back at the pub and a very unnecessary shoving match breaks out at the pub between Ryan's old friends and the hot shot pitcher. As he storms out of the bar, Tinley being a little fast tail, runs out to catch up to him for a quick We have that little cutesy story. It's like, isn't this, aren't boys supposed to chase girls? What are we, why, who cares? Well, you're, ch- you're clearly the thirsty one. It shouldn't be a gender thing. I, he, walks, <laughs> he walks away from Jessica Biel like four times in this movie, including once in a truck she's <laughs> leaning on the truck and he just slams on the gas bye babe well i gotta get what? i gotta i gotta get locked in for this start i have tomorrow despite the fact i've had nine beers tonight <laughs> and I, six starts in like three weeks mm-hmm. this guy's arm's gonna fall way, off they, they, they act like going to the bullpen in this game is like akin to human trafficking they're like oh we had to go to the pin like you really think these college like Big time D1 colleges are like USC is referenced. Wake Forest is an appearance. Like, you think these colleges are cool with, hey, in the Cape League, we want him throwing 120 a night over three starts in six weeks. What? Yeah, I don't know why in this. Like, this is where we get to the game. So Ryan finally pitches. And we learn more about his backstory. So he's kicked off of two teams, Boston College. He also got kicked off from his JUCO. He got into a fight with a teammate. He's struggling in the ninth inning. He shakes off Shaggy and gives up a grand slam. 
Why is he even still in the game at this point? He has had an incredible start. And people Why hold it against him. He's like, oh, couldn't finish the job. You're like, he's played 140 pitches at 91 miles an hour. Maybe bring in that closer whose entire role is to sleep in the dugout. <laughs> I think my favorite moment of the movie, I think this is it. When he gives it up and his dad stands up, closes the folding chair that he's just been drinking on, and it's like a rusty folding chair as well, and it's... Packs his beers away. It's away from everyone else, so everyone kind of notices the weird old guy drinking over there. The fact that his dad, the moment that left-handed Kevin Euclid hit that home run off of him, the moment that homer sails over the fence, his dad stands up and <laughs> it's says, time to go. that's <laughs> it, I'm out of here. I love that. It's time they to also go, the keep, game is over. Also, the baseball fan, I mean, they kept Ernst and goes, he always has that one inning where he can't hold together. It's well, the ninth. It's the ninth. Or like the one later in the movie, it's the seventh. And you're like, you know, a good manager, and Brian Denny pretends to be a good manager, would take him out in the sixth, and the scout would say, hey, we got a, ourselves a good four to five inning guy here. We would want this player, but instead, it's like everyone's taking notes, like can't go nine in exhibition ball, like it's some sort of really bad scarlet letter. So Ryan gets into an argument with his dad, who stormed out of the game, and now Ryan storms out. Brew is thinking of quitting, but Brittany Murphy is prepared to do some convincing. They didn't have to do Brittany Murphy like this in this movie. They really didn't have to. She had one role in this movie, and that was to be the town hussy. She didn't mm-hmm. have to do this. They couldn't, I mean, they couldn't have found anyone else to be town hussy. Like, there was no generic 2001 bimbo who can't act so that could have been town hussy. That person didn't exist. I will say, Brittany Murphy did a great job. She's good at it, but she's good at it. You're right. She can, she also played it like she was a tweaker, too. Yeah. She's like, she's (laughs) probably what the second best actor in this movie, like talent wise, behind Brian Dennehy. I mean, she's definitely the best of all the all the teenagers. There's Correct. probably a couple, yeah. So, like, we gave her the best actress the role of local slut. Town like, hussy. Yeah, like, you couldn't, you couldn't, there couldn't have been some just generic 2001, hey, TV star, but she's hot girl that could have done this. Nicole really? Ritchie. Yeah. Well, she could, Paris Hilton would have been hot yeah. in the streets. And, I mean, maybe she's too famous, but... Why are you wasting the talent of Brittany Murphy? You want to talk about one day. Brittany Murphy was on scene for 30 minutes for this day. She did the early scene in the morning where they wake up. She did the bar scene at night. They did Wearing the, other the same scene. skirt for both. <laughs> yeah, we out of here, bro. You mentioned the fight that Freddie Prince has with his dad. I love how he gets home. Of course, they're in Massachusetts, so all they drink is Sam Adams, obviously. Uh, but he gets home, and his dad's already looking in the paper as if the box score and the story from this Cape posted. game has already been written, and the <laughs> Papers at his house. Freddie walks in. Dad puts the paper down, and so looks like you didn't have it today. But like, you were at the game, Dad. Why did you need the paper? <laughs> for? You were at the game. So Ryan, Ryan and Tinley have a heart to heart. They have a lot of heart to hearts in Too this many. movie. Out by the water, where he shares his daddy issues, and he gets a little lovey dovey kiss kiss. Well, now we meet Tinley's dad, who doesn't approve of her fooling around with the help. Her dad is into her old boyfriend, and they plan on hanging out and playing golf together. Very Cape Cod event. Hey, I mean, he's, he's going to come in from his investment firm. I like him. He's coming to the Cod for the weekend. We're going to go uh, play some golf, and I want you to marry him. That's that's peak rich person behavior. If you changed out Cape Cod for Hamptons, I would believe this a million percent. When you were in college, did your ex-girlfriend's dad call you up to play golf? <laughs> Just to hang out. 60-year-old man? Out of town golf because he's not at the Cape. Hey, can you drive up and play some golf with me? 
Yeah, man, I got you. I'm going to come hit, hit play well, around you with you. weird old man. I'm getting blasted with my friends this weekend. We're getting drunk and playing golf with each other. I mean, you saw that guy. He had an Argyle sweater vest. I don't know if he was, I don't know if that was his hobbies in his free time. And again, I understand 2001 was a long time ago, but it's not so long ago that fathers chose girl or boyfriends for their daughters. Daughters had no choice but to go along with it so much so that when you answer the door, yeah, he can put his arm around me right away. There was so many instances in this little section of the, uh, like, like Freddie Prince's dad bringing up Jessica Biel as if he had a problem mm-hmm. that I'm hitting this 10. <laughs> dad, look, I understand we don't have the best relationship, but if you can be proud of me about anything, this. You be proud of also, me with Jessica Biel. <laughs> for the dad, Freddie Prince, your son has been dating this girl for 15 minutes, and you're like, you're not going to be with her long term? Of course not. <laughs> it's the summer. I, I, I know it's a summer fling. Why are you reminding you know, me of this? I am? Yeah. No, I'm going to run through this cape. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get a late night swim session with our two lovebirds, which is just the reason to see Tinley in her undies. She likes him because he's the opposite of her old flame. I wrote down, this is like going from a strict coach to the player's coach. Because mm-hmm. we, we, we didn't meet her boyfriend and see what her old boyfriend is like. And we meet Freddie Prince Jr. I see why, at least for the next three months, you were going to date Freddie Prince Jr. Brew gets his first hit. It is a bunt single. He's back, baby. We get Ryan Dunn montage time. He's having a strong summer. Ryan is getting to start against the top lineup in the league. And Van Lemer is trying to get into his head. Ryan and his brother get into it, and his brother gives him the pep talk that he probably needs. Upset at the fight, he shows up to see Tinley, but our old flame is in town. The thing I dislike most about Tinley is her storyline is the most predictable part of the movie. Literally every scene, you knew when he knocked at that door, you knew who was about to show up. Like, they they set this up a mile away. She has no curveballs in her storyline. In my little notebook right here, I got, finally, this Chris shit can start. Because <laughs> it's been so predictable. Let's just get to it. Let's get a look at this guy. Let's see how different he is. We finally get the look at the door. I mean, it's he's just, he's just generic, rich snobby guy like he has no depth to him as a character it's like oh if when they kept referencing him i could have told you what he looked like without yes. ever having seen him and if you mentioned we can finally see him if we never saw him we didn't need to see him we gained nothing by seeing him the Honestly, whole the whole storyline is useless to me but that's not here or there in that conversation between uh freddie prince and jessica beale um she says, you know, what do you, you know, again, the classic, what are you so afraid of? You need to take chances. That's the, every, that's every team movie. What the hell is she talking, is she talking about like on the base paths, he needs to be more aggressive going first to third. What does he need to do to take more chances? I think she was saying you need to get out of your own head and get out of your own way and go be great. That's the, that's the vibe that I got. Maybe she didn't say it right, but that, that's what I think Tinley was trying to say to our guy. It was a poorly written movie. That would have been much better delivered had you, uh, pen and pad. Ryan leaves the very awkward situation at Tinley's house. Tinley chases after him. She is. She has a habit of chasing <laughs> after Ryan. That's all she does. Know how beautiful you are, girl. Stop. She said that she just wanted the summer off and away from all the pressure. Ryan doesn't take him well. It's the big game, and the coach is giving him a pep talk. Will the pep talk work? Well, Ryan Dunn gets out of a jam in the third with a great diving play from the shortstop. The inning his brother predicted is happening, and our guy is falling apart. Shaggy is trying to lighten the mood, but to no avail. Wild pitch, the Chatham A's lose 8 to nothing after two disastrous innings from our friend, and he gets demoted to the bullpen. 
I will say this. We all knew that the blow-up scene was going to happen. I thought it was really well executed. We all knew that this part in the movie where all the troubles that they have told us about, we finally get a chance to see it on the screen, and Freddie Prince played the umpires getting in my head. I can't get out of my own way. Mm-hmm. I How like about the play. line he gave the umpire, too? And get off your knees, ref. You're, you're blowing the game. And he's like, did you say That's something? He's like, did you say something, young man? Nope, nope, nope. Brubaker's like, nope, he didn't say a thing. I didn't hear anything. Here we go. Like, he, they, we knew, well... After Brian Denny, he's like long speech. I knew one of two things was coming. One, he was going to get cooked in this game, no, which we, we saw. That. Or he was going to have that moment where all the magic came together and it was just perfect. It was going to be one of those two scenarios. It was not going to be, you know, just meh as a start. It was going to be disastrous or incredible. I do like this part about the movie. I think the movie actually did a really good job of showcasing this. And I think we all have been in this point at some point in our lives. You've got your old friends that you've grown up with, and then you have the new friends. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those two things don't always balance and mesh together. I think his friends really did a good job in that scene to kind of pick him up. Hey, we've been here from you from day one. Like, you're not just quitting on you. You're quitting on us and all the time that we've invested and put into you. I actually like this part. Well, those guys can save it because they spend the entire movie acting like there's some high on Klingon, you know, just... Smoking Jays and chilling out, watching their buddy play baseball with no real purpose in life. Uh, the short guy looks like the owner of the Phoenix Suns. I don't know if that's who it is, but he looks a lot like. But the, 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 the short guy is the one they made just the bumbling doofus friend Correct. for no rhyme. He has that horrible line that would never fly in a movie in 2023. He's like, hey, if I cut my left arm off, could I compete in Special Olympics? I did actually what laugh at that. What is happening? Yeah. I know I maybe shouldn't have laughed at that, but I did laugh at that. Then he told him to go sit all the way over there. <laughs> that probably, go away. That. Go sit in the corner. You need 10 minutes off. That speech you talk about of the friends to Freddie, we've always been there for you. We love being there for you. That was the third, I think, of three attempts in this movie to duplicate the Ben Affleck speech from Goodwill Hunting of every day I knock on your door hoping that you won't be there. Brian Dennehy has that speech that was actually perfected by Sylvester Stallone in Rocky. Mm -hmm. Uh, The brother has that speech and then those buddies there have that speech. The thing I like about the 8 nothing blowout game is you can tell immediately that the dad has turned his life around. He's in a nice white button-up shirt, a nice <laughs> collar. Uh, he's sitting in a chair that is no longer rusted out. It, it's so blatant. Not drinking so, is heavy. <laughs> so transparent when they want you to know, hey, dad's not an asshole anymore. Mm-hmm. So we're at the backyard party now. So Tinley and them, they kind of make things up. We're at the backyard party. Do you guys think that Tinley's mom is hitting on Ryan? She's always very unusually friendly towards Ryan in these scenes. She's the one that smokes inside. Yeah. yeah. I think they're trying usually too, nice. And they're trying too hard to make it like the dad hates you, but we don't all hate you and really make the dad the villain. But it does come off a little bit flirty, a little bit kitty from uh uh, wedding crashers. It yeah. comes a little bit flirty, yes. but I think they're just trying to be like, look, the dad's the jerk, not the family. That's kind of the, and like, cause the younger sister likes him too. They're just trying to sell the dad's the one man asshole situation here. But dad doesn't pay attention to his wife. So mm-hmm. on the low, you could hit it on the side. <laughs> so Tinley's dad <laughs> takes Ryan off to the side to get him to leave his daughter alone. And he is threatening to hurt his dad's business as he, if he doesn't back off Tinley. We get another heart to heart talk with Tinley and Ryan out by the stadium where he tells her to go to San Francisco and go work for her uncle. Oh, no, the star pitcher and the starting shortstop burned down Kurt Gowdy's press box and are kicked off the team. Ryan, who has the freshest arm, is now going to start in his absence. Ryan, dad, quits. He's quitting the Parrish family. And finally, 
our man goes up to the main bedroom to see what all the hype is about. I was finally happy. We didn't see Vilderama play baseball at any point in the movie. All his sole purpose was was to maybe sleep with this older woman. Mm-hmm. We didn't get one single. What position did he even play? Uh, I think he played second base because they show him right. at one point get like a, in the in the final game the big you know crescendo of the movie he gets a seeing eye single like after he hits it with Beverly D'Angelo then goes to the bar and everyone like says like I did it and I like thicker women and that whole scene happens he then in the big crescendo game gets makes a nice play at second and then a seeing eye single to start the ensuing inning the conversation between those two at the ballpark. It's like they're having two different conversations. Now, you can tell by the way it's shot. It almost is, it looks like they're not together when they shot this scene. Uh, but she says, you know, I, I, I want love. He says, I feel powerful on the mound. I, 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 I don't know if they're listening to one another. <laughs> if they were uh, supposed to be having a conversation. Um, and again, I don't know what he has done to earn her love. What has he shown her? To make her love him different. so much, other than his chest, uh, and he's just—he's not the snobby douchebag. That is—he's done is nothing to show correct. appreciation to her, and he's yet just, she just runs after him endlessly. He's just poor drunk boy, and that makes him lovable. Apparently, drives me nuts, man. Poor, poor drunk boys—that's what the name of this movie should have been. Poor drunk boy. <laughs> Ryan goes to his older brother before the big game to calm his nerves, and I think his big brother does a big brother thing after being ridiculed all summer. Our guy finally stands up for himself and declares his love for the kind of girls that he likes. Tinley meets up with our guy to tell him that she's leaving for San Francisco tomorrow with a tearful goodbye, and she won't be there for his big start. I might give my hero comes along to uh, Tinley's little sister, man. I like the little storyline of her trying to figure out what the the right mascot costume was going to be, and then she eventually figured out a drunken sailor. Can we discuss the dad again? The dad of <laughs> go, Jessica Biel. The, the dad of Jessica Biel. One daughter. No, I don't want you dating a guy that might be drafted by a major league baseball team. First few rounds, make a few hundred thousand dollars. No, you're not allowed to date him. My youngest daughter. You do whatever the hell you want. You dress up like a drunken sailor and parade around in front of thousands. Be a clam of drunk. Baseball fans, you go wild. Do whatever you want, 12-year-old. But my 22-year-old, no, you can't make your own decisions. That dad needs to get his head out of his ass. <laughs> so our little one finally figures it out. She's a drunken sailor. It's time for Ryan Dunn's most important start, and he is absolutely dealing. He's got a no-hitter going. By the way, real He's quick, got his stuff did dancing. he have to have a no-hitter? He could just have had a really good start. He didn't need a no-hitter. That, that to me, was too much. Especially with how little baseball was at the center. Yes. Like you're not making this for diehard baseball fans. That'll be peaked. Their interest Correct. will be peaked by a no-no. Correct. You could just have had him go all nine or be like really good in the start. You didn't have to have him. And you have the younger daughter be like, he's got a no-hitter. And she's like, what? I don't get why. <laughs> it didn't need to be a no-no. Sorry. Continue. No, you're good. Vern, who do you think uh, Ryan Dunn is? So you said Cole Hamels was Eric Van Lemer. Who do you think Dunn is? Oh, Dunn is who I thought you were talking okay, about. Okay, my bad. Dunn, Dunn, the lefty pitcher, is Cole Hamels. Who? Who's Van, Van Lemer? Some 41. Yeah, oh, some 41. Who is he? Some 41. Marcus Stroman, by the way. That's what I'm going to I would say. Oh, I like Stroman. Yeah, yes. 
I like Strowman though, and I didn't like some forty one. <laughs> so like I ain't Eric doing Bailey that, Lieber. but that's a fine comparison. You didn't like Eric I'm say, Flashy, strong armed righty. Mm-hmm. I'm not I don't think Strowman's a douche, but no, I mean no. he has the the one arm sleeve. There's a lot of Strowman energy. You mentioned the conversation between Freddie Prince and his brother. His brother is gonna go, you know, mm-hmm. he's trying to get his brother to go to the baseball game. At one point he says a lot of scouts are gonna be there because they think the other guy's pitching. I mean, who are these scouts? What year is it? I know there's that one scout from the 1930s, the guy from Scrubs. <laughs> mm-hmm. But every other s- scout appears to be in 2001. Word, cell phones are around. They, they, mm-hmm. Hey, so-and-so's not pitching. It's Freddie Prince Jr. It doesn't take long for scouts or to find out. Or even if you had gotten to the ballpark and realized, wait, the guy who bur- – it was the lead story in the Cape Cod Gazette. The guy <laughs> burned down the press box. We probably can get out of town now. We're good. The Cape we got nowhere Cod to sit. Gazette. We're in the press box now. So the A's are up 2-0 after our guy Wilmer gets on base with a single, followed by an inside-the-park home run from our guy Brew. Hank Aaron makes a very all-time cameo. cameo in this movie. Just the home run king. Just just casually at the no Cape one cares. League. No one cares. Just all baseball everywhere. Mm-hmm. Scouts, fans, players. The greatest to ever do it. No one bats an eye. Except for he asks one question. Who's pitching? Uh, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan Dunn. Oh, okay. sure, yeah. I'm no. Hank Aaron. I know who Ryan Dunn is, yeah. <laughs> I just want to know the conversation to get Hank Aaron in this movie. Well, good for his widow. She's getting those checks. I'm mm-hmm. happy for her. to hear that. Uh, Tinley yeah, because up. this is the one where she really makes the money. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. not being Hank Aaron's widow where she cleans up. No, no, no. Good point, Vern. This is this is how she makes her living now, is summer catch residuals. Yeah, $7 a month, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even pay for Netflix with that buddy. <laughs> Our girl Tinley shows up at the park to say her goodbye and leaves with one out in the ninth and a no-no is going on. Well, Ryan leaves the game in the no-hitter to go get his gal before she leaves town. He fly, he uh, he arrives in the nick of time to tell Tinley he loves her. She wants to stay. He gets an offer to join the Phil's minor league system. I just pitched the game of my life. Let's be together. I don't know where. It'll probably Batavia, New York. It's up around Buffalo. The uh, Phillies have a single-A team there called the Batavia Muck Dogs. Muck Dogs? Yeah. I'm Mr. Alexander. Ryan had a little money tonight. Yeah, yeah, he sure did. In fact, Ryan, I'd like to go ahead and make you an offer to play for a Phillies farm club, complete with a guaranteed fifty thousand dollar signing bonus. Oh, damn, seventy-five. A big boy? Seventy-five thousand sounds about right. I'll do the trick. the end hated the ending hated it it wrapped up too nicely we have too many storylines too much stuff going on throughout the whole movie and then on one tarmac every single solid storyline wraps up neat and tight with the bow family drama now behind us he's a major leaguer now or at least a minor leaguer all that drama in high college and stuff behind us he gets the girl that whole thing behind us he and his friends are pounding around again that's all behind us did we need a nice TD bow for every storyline on the tarmac. No, I did not I like the ending. Feel good leaving the movie theater for this one. I don't know if I wanted. I, this is a movie that I actually did kind of want. I wanted him and her to work out. I also wanted to go to the major leagues. I didn't mind the ending to this. I didn't like the ending for two reasons because it took him so long to admit that he loves her. She was cutting grass at one point for him. She looked great though in that little cutoff 
Boston College midriff shirt. He's just incredible. playing baseball. He can do both. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand why she, this rich girl, was cutting grass for him. Uh, the reason why I didn't like the ending is because he makes it to the major leagues as a member of the Philadelphia Phillies and gets hit, taken deep in his first at-bat by Ken Griffey Jr. And as Griffey's rounding first base, he kind of turns around and does that, can you believe I'm here? And then he smiles. He's a Philadelphia Philly. You guys know Philadelphia. Yeah, Could you imagine good. making your big league debut in Philly? You give up a first pitch, mind you, <laughs> first pitch home run to Ken Griffey Jr., and then you smile? They'll murder you outside of Citizens Bank Park. You, I hated the ending to that. <laughs> and all his buddies at the bar are like, cheers, and like, first of many, your homie made the league and now stinks, and you guys are acting like, He's uh, out. He's gone. Yeah. He's not sticking around. He it was a nice made, story, but he's out. He at least made it, though, you know? He at least got a quick Lefty cup of on coffee. lefty, and he got took bridge by the kid. Can't happen. Rob, you will be uh, sad to know this, that uh, Roger Eper did not want to review this movie, so we don't. <laughs> we actually don't have a what Roger thinks about oh, this movie. I mean, I, I have a hunch. You're telling me that Raj couldn't find 90 minutes to watch Summer Catch. I mean, if it didn't make top five in the box office that week, I don't think it made top five in Roger Ebert's Gotta Watch. All I got you is Rotten Tomatoes. This movie holds an approval rating of 8% based on 91 reviews with an average rating of 3.4. The site's critic consensus reads, quote, a cliche and predictable sports comedy that's mostly devoid of excitement or laughs. Summer Catch is is strictly Bush League. Cosine. That's too harsh. Cosine. That's too harsh of a It's a little bit harsh. I don't think it's wrong, but it's a little bit harsh in the verbiage. That's a little bit too harsh. Sign Josh Vernier. (laughs) Vern, all right, we'll let you go first. When a hero comes along, give me something that you liked about this movie that you thought tried to save it that you would consider it to be a hero of the film. Kurt Gowdy. That's a good one. I can't can't argue Kurt Gowdy. Aaron, and the fact that they did use a true premise of the Cape Cod League. That's that's what got me to stick through it as a baseball fan, as someone that doesn't really enjoy rom-coms. Uh, they were true to the game. <laughs> that sounds weird to <laughs> say. They were true to the game. Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy's the best actress in this film. They gave her a terrible role, but she nails it. They had her do weirdo stuff, like the <laughs> beer and the legs thing. But outside of the fact it was written poorly, I think she plays the, hey, friendly town hussy, but like all, try, at the end of the day is trying to be nice to the players type thing. I think she's actually very good in the role. She gets my hero. You know what? I'm going to give actually the teammates and the camaraderie between it. Vern, you've been in a lot of clubhouses. I think they accurately depicted 19 to 22-year-olds away for the summer playing baseball. I thought they did a really good job. You got the Matthew Lillard. You got the one guy who's a little bit unassuming. You've got the uh, star pitcher, the the um, shortstop guy that slept with the team. I thought they did a really good job of accurately depicting what a summer baseball team would kind of act like and what their storylines would be. I'll give that my hero. Yeah, they they tried to make it a teeny bop version of Bull Durham, kind of. Yeah, a rom-com Very version good of Bull breakdown. Durham. All right, give me doing too much, Rob. I'll let you go first on this one. Give me something in the movie you thought was doing a little bit too much. Can I just say the entire press box burning scene? I, I don't think it served any purpose. There was a way to make Eric Van Lemer uh, a villain without him burning down the press box. There was a way to really crescendo the dad's Jessica Biel's dad's hate of Ryan Dunn without the front page of the Gazette or whatever burn down press box. The burn down press box thing and... All that happened was he sent two players home and they got a stern talking to. Hey, we're going to finish the season, though, despite the fact you burned a press box to the ground. 
That that whole thing was goofy to me. Why is the front page of the paper after the press box burns down? Why is the picture the back of a fire truck and two people sitting on the outside of it? <laughs> Why wouldn't it be what burned down or what's left of what burned down? And two people that had nothing to do with the actual fire. <laughs> yeah. Like these two Here's people, two good looking people. Yeah, these two people didn't do anything with the fire. What you're doing too much. The scene, the, the ice cream. The ice cream scene to me was, it, it all was way too much. He takes at least 35 steps holding an ice cream cone and doesn't lick it once. Uh, that, that doesn't happen. And when he finally does decide to lick it, he misses his mouth. That whole scene was just... <laughs> it's uh, very it, 01 cliches. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, I'm going to give the two storylines. I'm going to give the big girl storyline and the sleeping with the house yeah. mom. It just... I wish we had cut all the time that we had spent on those two storylines and the building up of those storylines. I wish we had put that time into Brubaker. I think I think Brubaker was an untapped resource in this movie. His struggles should have lasted a little bit more into the movie. Like I, I, I really liked his character. I thought this movie needed Matthew Lillard. I would have spent more time fleshing it out and less time on some of the other nonsense that just to me doesn't really hold up well. That's my doing too much. I think the whole movie you described the movie there. There's too many things going on. Like. We need to stick to one or two storylines and nail them, as opposed to having 19 that we did just half-heartedly and mediocre. You mentioned Stifler's mom was the comparison for Beverly mm-hmm. D'Angelo's character. When did that character end? Because old and rapey, we know that's out for guys. That's yeah. been out for guys. I feel for like American Pie too. Probably is that the last time women yeah. were allowed to be old and rapey? Because because yeah, that's probably the end. I, I can't think of it being. Sandra a pro- Bullock kind of was in that movie with Ronald, Ryan Reynolds. She was yeah, kind of but old was, and rapey. But like. It was hard to determine like their age difference. Like there was an age difference, but it wasn't as you know pronounced as Beverly D'Angelo to Wilder Vilderama. Like as a comparison, because so, I would have laughed at it back in '01, but now I'm like, I don't. I, yeah, it, yeah, it no, just, it just yeah. seems like a different time. Now. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it certainly, it certainly did. Well, Vern, man, we appreciate you. That was summer catch, man. A five point one on IMDb. We got to re rank it here. I already think I know where you're gonna go. Too much, too little, just right. Five point one on IMDb. Way too much. I'll put it at a. Two five. Oh, oh wow! Because of Hank Aaron, or else it'd be a one five. You think this is one of the worst movies you've Horrible ever seen? Movie. Horrible movie. Horrible <laughs> movie. It's okay. not good. That's way too harsh. It's not good. It's what we talk about on this podcast all the time, where it's got too much going on. If you squint, you can maybe see what they're trying to do, but there's too much squinting involved. Five point one's too high. Two five is too harsh. This is probably like a four five range kind of movie. Well, what's a real two five movie? Like, let, let me. What, what would you guys say? Is it? Is there ever been a, a two five movie? In your yeah, eyes? I mean, I, I would say once you get down that low, you think it's one of the worst movies you've ever seen. Like, yeah. it's horribly written. Like, it, Wild Wild West last week was under five. Like, compared to Wild Wild West, <laughs> I never saw Wild. I just good, good. <laughs> Save yeah. your time. Save your time with Wild Wild West. You know what? I actually think this is a fair number. This movie is a five point one on IMDb. This movie's a 5.1. I think it is a decent teen movie. I actually think it's better when it's a rom instead of a com. I think if this movie really tries to hone in on the summer romance between the two and just lets the baseball be the baseball, I think it's a better movie. I think a 5.1 is fair. Listening to the noise that came out of my wife, she would agree with you. Yeah, I I can see why people don't like this movie, but I also think there's a little bit of a charm to it that, you know what, I'm I'm rocking with it. I like Summer Catch. I'm happy that we reviewed Summer Catch, Rob. I am happy we did it. I am happy to never see it again. (laughs) I, I will definitely watch Summer Catch again. Vern, next week we are doing Blank Check. I know that's a podcast that you're excited about. Download, you, subscribe. You, you can't wait for the Blake Check. Love one. that movie. 
This is another episode of the Bad Movies Worst Opinions Podcast, where we believe that everybody has a favorite bad movie. We only watch movies rated below a 6.0 on IMDb. Like, review, subscribe, do all that stuff that podcasters ask you to do. Next week, Blank Check will be our movie. Take care, everybody.